Mark Tuohy joins us, advisor to business and political leaders and News Talk 1010 personality. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, John Moore. All right, so let's talk about Doug Ford backing down on Bill 124. I have to say I was surprised. I thought they would take it to the Supreme Court, but I wonder if maybe, like I was saying a couple of minutes ago, in the appeals court ruling, there's enough language to suggest, forget it, the law is established. Yeah, although it's a split decision. It's uh, two to one uh, against uh, the government. The dissenting opinion points out a lot of arguments that I think are compelling. Uh, and the gist of it sort of being that, you know, the government uh, perhaps... Uh, brought this in in order to avoid having to lay off people. So I guess the alternative that we would rather have is keep the wages as they are, but just fire a whole bunch of people. I think the political reason why the Doug Ford government isn't uh, pursuing this is simply that they no longer need it. It was a law for three years. They've moved well past it. Uh, now they're looking forward to the next election, to rebuilding the economy, and uh, I guess they think they can uh, live with any sort of retroactive uh, pay increases that are required, given the fact that they just got $3 billion for health care and they're starting to pump more money into that sector and uh, other public sector jobs in any case although it does make uh, you know case law for how government will never yeah. again be allowed to impose a settlement yeah and that's that's the one reason why it's surprising they didn't uh, pursue it but again uh this smacks of doug ford doug ford is uh, less uh, ideological and more of a uh, practical guy i think by and large uh, when he's pushed against the wall and so rather than you know sort of fall on his sword in order to establish a precedent that works for the future i think it's kind of like what's this going to do for me today let's just move on meanwhile the trudeau trudeau administration i don't know that they could have done worse than yesterday's auditor general report yeah, this arrive cam thing is going to become the uh, the ad scam of the Justin Trudeau years. And uh, what's not in evidence yet is whatever report the Canada Border Services Agency uh, tabled to the House of Commons Committee that had them seeing pale. Uh, and the Auditor General kind of refers to this. You know, I've worked in the civil service. I've worked with the civil service. Everything has a process. There is a procedure. There's red tape for everything. And so the idea that they threw all of that out uh, during pandemic within one agency for this particular app just doesn't sound like something that would happen organically. Somebody had to approve not following the process. Somebody had to direct stepping outside of the norm. I'd like to know who that somebody was. And there's suggestions in the CBSA report that there may have been criminal activity. Uh, I think we're going to see charges. I think we might see people going to jail because of this. Okay, let's move on to Uber drivers who apparently are going to strike on Wednesday. And this is all over the fact that they say they can't make a living. And, you know, I was watching the report last night on CTV and I thought, you know, it's, it takes something to come in, steal an industry that actually has been paying people a living wage for their entire lives and then not be able to make a, your new employees a living. Are you talking about the taxi industry? Yeah, yeah. Well, the taxi industry founded RideFare, the organization that is uh, organizing all of these protests. And I'll turn the clock back to 2010 when 
taxi business was falling apart. This is well before Uber came to Toronto. It was never uh, in 2010 onwards paying a living wage to the drivers because there are too many grubby little fingers in the pie. There are people who own the cars who are not the drivers. There are people who own the brokerages who take the calls and dispatch the cars who are not the drivers. There are people who have the rights to the license plates who are not the drivers, each of whom wants a cut, and only a couple of those people actually provide any value to the system. The poor drivers then were starving to death uh, because the taxi industry was fundamentally flawed. Its business model didn't work. It was full of too many greedy fat cats who did nothing for their money. And so Uber found a market that was ready for change. And what people are forgetting is that Uber drivers are intended not to be full-time employees. They're intended to be independent contractors. And so for that status, they get tax breaks that employees don't get. And if you talk to your local corner store owner, there are probably most days that the local corner store uh, owners doesn't make minimum wage because owners don't make anything if they don't earn anything. That's the norm in the contracting world. But RideFair is a organization that is founded by unions and the taxi industry to either unionize the Uber drivers or to put them out of business for the taxi industry, but that's not going to save taxi drivers because they still haven't fixed their problem. I haven't talked to an Uber driver who's unhappy with uh, with how they run things. That's just their decision. If there's no money to be made, then don't work. Yeah, I'm no friend of the taxi business, as a matter of fact. I've said I've been in Toronto for 20 years. I don't know if I've ever had a positive taxi experience but at the same time if this is true that uber drivers are making below minimum wage i think that's not sustainable but it's not supposed to be sustainable like they're independent contractors like i no one's guaranteed me a minimum wage as a consultant there have been many times when i had uh, 10 employees when they got paid and i didn't because i couldn't generate enough business for all of us to get paid that is the fate of private business and that's why it's not for everybody so in uh, New York, they have a snowstorm. I was just watching it on CNN, and, uh, you know, they're taking it on the nose. So school is canceled today, but, Mark, this is the discussable. There is no snow day. Everything has just migrated online. Is that an unfortunate situation? Uh no, but I'm wondering if they've done a better job of organizing it than uh, we have here, because teaching online is very different from teaching in person. It requires a whole different methodology, and your course has to be structured in a way to allow it to do that. So have they invested the upfront time with teachers preparing two types of uh, training program my guess is they've done no better there than we have here which means in fact that it is going to be a snow day and nothing they might all gather around the uh, the sort of the fire of the computer but <laughs> i don't know that there'll be much learning done in most grades you're not romantic about the snow day uh i don't think in my life i ever had one uh, and i grew up in bc where they have snow Okay. Thanks a lot. Good to have you this morning. Take care, John. That's Mark Tuohy on the morning brief.